It's been 10 years Mark and I are working together. I actually only have six months of professional life experience without him. Now, from meeting a lot of you guys in person in Chiang Mai and other places, we found that finding a business partner is something that a lot of you are looking for after a certain point in your business. For most people, they're looking for someone quite complementary to what they can do and to complement their skill sets, but it's quite difficult to find someone and hand them a chunk of your business and essentially tie your personal success to their performances. So in today's episode, Mark and I are going to talk about our partnership that has been lasting for 10 years, some lessons that we found, and some things that you might be able to use to find yourself a business partner. Let's get started. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. No hype, no BS, no censorship. Just real-life online marketing tactics. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome to the Atari Hacker Podcast. My name is Gail Breton and together my business partner Mark and I, we are going to be talking about, well, business partnership. How's it going, Mark? Let's just say that. Like, let me... I, like the, uh, I like the inception nature of the <laughs> topic here. Business partners, talking about business partnerships. Exactly. Have we ran out of topics to go through? I mean, almost, right? We're like 220 episodes in or something, so I guess... Uh, I guess we can do some remakes now. We can look at the first ones we did and we do them and we probably just disagree with ourselves. Then someone's going to message us on our Facebook group to tell us that we disagree with ourselves and we'll make an episode to explain that as well. And then, you know, we have a whole editorial thing. I think that can work. <laughs> but before we get started with that podcast, actually, I just want to remind people, this podcast is on all the audio platforms. So if you want to go on Spotify, if you want to go on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, or on SoundCloud, you can find the podcast there and subscribe it and subscribe to it rather and get it automatically downloaded to your device whenever it comes out. Or you can join the party on YouTube. When we release it on Monday, we actually have a live chat and we are like here, Mark and I, we answer people's questions and there's like something cool happening. And you can see our beautiful faces on the YouTube channel as well. So that's like two bonuses that you get for watching on YouTube. So, and if you're on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube right now, there's a subscribe button below. So don't forget to click it. And if you enjoy the content, thumbs up is also nice. A comment as well also helps the SEO. We're trying to grow our YouTube channel pretty aggressively this year. So all these things really help. So if you enjoy the content, if you're here, you might as well click these buttons and thank you for that. So. Now that we've done begging for likes and subscribes and all of that, let's actually talk about the podcast episode. And I wanted to start it with like a little bit of drama because I think it's more fun, you know? So my question to you was, what's the most annoying thing is working with, in working with me? I'm a bit scared. Okay, before you answer, I just want to say, Mark and I don't really talk about these things, so it's kind of like coming up in a podcast. I have no idea what he's going to say, even though I have a pretty good idea. But yeah, let's see. Your creative process. <laughs> okay, you need to develop. So this. what I mean by that is Gail's quite good at coming up with new ideas, new concepts, starting new things. But the process of getting there is quite unstructured. And there are times when he just goes away and like does something, I have no idea what, just does something for like a month. And at the end of it, not always, but sometimes comes up with something. And, you know, more often than not, it's, it's great. But during that time, it's just so incredibly frustrating because in order to sort of dedicate or as close to 100% of his time as possible on doing this thing, this creating something, just being being this creative. I'm talking here about maybe creating a new blueprint for Authority Hacker Pro or back in the day when we first launched Authority Hacker Pro or our courses, like a lot of these these kind of like startup kind of things. Oh, like I'm like, I'm going to go in Facebook ads or something like that. And it's just like, okay, see you later. And it's basically like, okay, I'm just, his idea is, like, okay, I'm switching off everything else and everything, I don't care what happens. You can't contact me. You can't speak to me. I won't speak to you. Uh, if you ask me a question, I'll get like I'll give you a really short, snappy, mad answer. Maybe once a day. You take care of everything else. I'll go figure this out. Hopefully, and it's incredibly frustrating to be able to to not be able to like for me. I could never leave a situation like that. But the first few times this this happened, I was like, "What the fuck is this guy doing?" Honestly, but. As I said, more often than not, what comes out of that is actually really, really good. And even the few times that something hasn't happened or whatever, I think overall it's it's kind of worth it. It's just at the time due, I think in large part to my personality, I like to be quite structured and organized and everything goes in its place and at the right time and all that kind of thing. It just kind of like agitates me massively. I can understand. It's like actually... 
the next question was like, oh, what's the best thing of working with me? I guess kind of like, I'm, I don't think it's both, but like, you know, it's like, I guess it kind of like, it's a double-edged sword. But my answer for the best thing with you was your patience, <laughs> actually, that you don't get mad for it. It's like, I think that so many people would go freaking crazy working with me. A few have already. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think quite a lot of people have already. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not thinking, it's just based on facts at this point. But yeah, it's like, now I was trying to like answer that question for you as well. But like, um, I think sometimes you're too, like you're too tight to your processes to the point where you're like, you know what I mean? It's like the, the ship's sinking. And you're like, oh, but like we have to go through this checklist. We still gotta keep it's it clean. Like, like, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it's just like use your like just just get out and like like look at the situation and be a bit like, you know, assess it critically. You know, I'm not saying that you don't have a critical sense. I'm just saying sometimes you get hooked to these habits, and yeah. you, you're and unable I, to I get out. You know, that's a really interesting point. So, like, first of all, I completely agree. I think that a lot of people when they work by themselves. They will experience that, or they will they will do that. Uh, that is, at least for me, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the biggest benefits of of working with a business partner is someone who can like pull you out of that cycle that you can't really like see out of, kind of thing. That has helped us more times than I can count. I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was, that's getting weird now. It's like <laughs> it's getting weird, and that was just the beginning of the podcast. But I think that's quite interesting because I think you highlight something that will probably come up is like uh, skills that are complementary. And I think like we're like, it's funny because we're like, we're able to like meet on a rational level on a lot of things, but like everything is completely different basically. And the yeah. rational point of connection allows us to work together. Otherwise we'd hate each other. We like, thing is like the thing that between Mark and I that works really well is that we never hang up the phone mad at each other or anything like that. We kind of like always reach a point of agreement where there's just like a logical argument and the other one's like, okay, that makes sense. And then we're just like, just go for it, basically. And, and I don't think like one has the ascendant over the other or something like that. Like sometimes it's him winning this, sometimes it's me winning this, and it's okay. And it's like, and there's no ego attached to it as well. Yeah, I think that kind of a lot of the points we're going we're gonna to talk about today kind of underpin that process or that, that concept. We, we see it play out time and time again. Uh, it, it was a little trickier, I think, in the beginning when we didn't know each other or yeah. have as much experience working with each other. But yeah, it's it's sort of evolved quite well, I think, over the years. Yeah, I mean, I don't um, think it should would we do this one about? Yeah, go ahead. Should we do this one about what's the best thing about working with the other person? That was that. That's what we just did. No, no, no. So for me, that's that. That wasn't the flip side of that. Ah, okay. For me, like I am someone who struggles to turn nothing into something. So if I'm looking at like a blank screen or a blank idea, I find it quite tricky to actually make progress in implementing something for the first time because I want to make it perfect. And Gail's kind of, I'm going to call it sloppiness <laughs> or like messiness or lack of care or attention to detail. While in some situations I can find infuriating, I think in many situations it's actually good because you can make a really rough first version, but it's like it's done. And once it's there, I see see all the points. I see everything that's wrong with it. I go, okay, we fixed this, 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 and this. Okay, done. So again, kind of complementary skills, very different mindsets and tolerances, but like being appreciative slash tolerant of the other to the point where it's it's kind of beneficial. Yeah. Um, so, and I think that's a dynamic that under, underlines our partnership. I agree. Sure. It's like, for I, me, uh, it's like kind of the opposite. It's like, I get to create a bunch of shit and I don't have to take care of it, which I love because honestly, like once I'm done, you know, it's like, I'm the guy that just does something and I'm like, you know what, this is boring. I just want to do something else. And I just throw it away. <laughs> and then I just jump like in a completely different direction. And then I'm like, Mark, yeah. here's that new thing. Just pick it up. And that's what happened for like Shotgun Skyscraper, for example, right? It's like I worked on it for like a month. I'm like, you know what? I found this really cool angle. It's working. I just built like a 20 links or something and sent barely a few emails. And it's the same email every time it works. And then you took it and you just optimized it, basically. And then you made it your own and the blueprint that we know, et cetera. So it's like typical of like how something like that works. So I think it highlights that it works because it's like so complementary. But at the same time, there's a level 
on which we are both where we're able to communicate. You know, we both go down to that, like, you go down to that level, I go up to that level, <laughs> and then we're on the same level, and we can talk, and then we just go back to where we were, you know? It's interesting. I don't know too many other people who have been going uh, in partnership for as long as we have in this space yeah, in, in online marketing. Maybe Torben and Christian, um, I mean, they're a development company. It's kind of a bit different, but... Yeah, there's not a lot. I think there's, there's many reasons for that. And I think we should go into the points for people because I think it's going to be quite easy to pinpoint why I see most people don't do the same way as us and why it's lasted for us. And maybe at the end, we can also talk about um, like the choices we made and maybe the downsides of it as well. Like there's not everything's perfect and everything. So let's start with the first one, which is like, what do you do after you start a partnership? Like, like what do you bring? When is the best time to start working together for us? It was quite easy because we both had nothing, <laughs> so um, so it was it was pretty low risk that like we both brought nothing and then we just built something, you know. Where there's often an imbalance here, I think, is if one person's bringing knowledge or uh, you know hard work and the other person's bringing capital, mm -hmm. which in in our field is is less common. I'd say it's quite easy to kind of bootstrap an authority site. You can do most of the content writing, most of the WordPress design stuff, even if you're not a designer, most of the link building yourself without too much money. Of course, having a, a bit is going to be helpful, but it's not like if you need to invest in some machinery or whatever stock to stock your e-commerce store or whatever. So Yeah, it's like usually the way I see it is like the partnerships I see happening in the authority side space is people, like someone's really good at content and someone's really good at link building. Like very often I see that, like someone that has a link building service partners with someone that loves doing the content but hates handling the link building and can't be bothered, etc. And that works pretty well. And I think it's not a bad idea because like on the business point of view, it makes sense. But on the personality point of view, I think it's not that simple and that people might be struggling to like, understand each other, have the same incentives as well, right? Because let's say the person that comes from a link building point of view, they probably have like a service going or an agency or something. So they're running another business. Maybe that's your only business. And like they're taking a chunk of your business while you're not taking a chunk of the other business. And it's it's getting weird, you know? Yeah, it kind of feel like when you go into it at the start, it can be like, oh, well, what are we bringing? What are we bringing? But really it's more like, well, what after you start the partnership and for the next 10 years or beyond, what are you gonna? What are you gonna contribute at that point? And if someone's bringing a bunch of money, but is not is gonna do fuck all, yeah, yeah. the amount they contribute over time, as a proportion of the total it's contribution lower, yeah. of money and effort, gets lower and lower and lower and lower, and it's constantly getting lower to the point where the other person could be like, well, actually, why am I still doing this for this dude? You know, it's like, why well, I could just do start my own business and yep. keep 100% of the money. I think the perspective of working 10 years together is not necessarily always true. Like I think in the side space, there's a lot of like people who aim to exit and things like that and might be working yeah. together for like two or three years. And then they're like happy to end it there. Like we have several friends that did that. Uh, we met many age pro members that did that as well in Chiang Mai. And, and that was okay. Like you don't have to find someone that you will work with for the rest of your life. Like it's just a... Uh, just like something that makes sense in the moment. You know? It's an interesting one though as well because I mean we have there were there was one point certainly we sold our agency. Uh, yeah, we and could then have split. Yeah, when we we sold a, one of our sites last year, the start of last year, and you know those are those are two kind of big exits. But it, I don't know, it never even really like occurred to me like oh fuck this guy, let's I could do this myself. <laughs> it was just like okay, well what are we gonna do next? Yeah, together? Uh, I mean me neither. But like I think so. It's the thing is like people don't always get along as well as we do, and so as a result, yeah. it's like yeah, some people like just like it's just like a work colleague or something, and they don't mind. And and actually at the end, I want to talk about like space, working with friends, stuff like that, etc. Because it's quite important as well. And we have like varying degrees of, of uh, experience there but yeah i think i think it's fine to like not a like it's like when we started working together initially we had no intention for it i mean i didn't know how long it would last i, had, I didn't have a plan but like it's not like i knew that it would last 10 years you know what i mean like you shouldn't start be like oh my god we have to like be working all this time together whatever it's just like well see how it goes and then if it goes well great you know and then that's it so i think yeah like look for people that make sense but the thing is like what makes sense for the business might not make sense for you in personality. And it's quite important because you're going to end up making decisions together. If you start, like, 
it's basically self-management, right? It's like if your motivation is low because you don't, you're not happy with who you're working, you're not going to do as well, etc. And there's a real business cost to that, like that will show in your bank account. And I think that people underestimate that. They just look at the rational of what makes sense for the business, partner with people that they that don't necessarily align with, have different personalities, maybe people that like to take the ascendant over the other, etc. And then like, you know, there's all sorts of dynamics that can happen. It's like human interactions. And uh, I think it's quite important to align both on the business side and on the personality side, which is why it's freaking hard. I think it's like, I think we got quite lucky. And we got quite lucky. The truth is we were three business partners initially and one's gone for a long time at this point. So it's like, it's not like everything went perfectly as well. And, uh, and actually it was that other business partner struggling with the way I was working like Mark had the patience, but he didn't basically. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean that's that's pretty much exactly what happened. Yeah. So yeah, but um, eh, you know, it's that's what happens. I want to talk about incentives as well because I think again, when you talk about business partnerships, it's like for us. I mean, I'm pretty happy to say that officially, like we're like fifty fifty, like whatever, like half of the money or half of the money we distribute to shareholder goes to me, half of the money we distribute to shareholders goes to you, and so. It's, it's pretty like simple. Like it's like if the company does well, we just profit equally from it. But like the problem is with existing businesses or people who bring money, et cetera, then very often people are going to go for uneven partnerships where you give 10% of the company or 5% of the company, you know. But the problem is like people don't work 5%. Like when you start getting equity, like you basically expect it to work 100, like to be really focused on this or, you know, extremely focused on this actually. And people expect that, especially the majority shareholder expects that from you. So we found from my experience with people I, I know that uh, these kind of partnerships that are unequal, tend to be quite difficult to maintain over time because it's kind of like the money thing that you mentioned, basically. It's exactly the same thing, like equity is money. So it's like when you give equity to someone, essentially give them a virtual sum of money that they can spend. And then that value over time decreases while the commitment of that person that has been given equity, like a small percentage, is expected to just be maintained over time or even increase for maybe a little bit more shares. And it's yeah, it's like, do you have examples where it worked really well? I mean, I guess, you know, for Facebook and stuff like that, yeah, sure, it works well. Um, but for like small Yeah, so I, I think when other people are coming to, into the business, maybe later on after it's already established, then I wouldn't necessarily bring them in at the same, kind of, in fact, almost certainly wouldn't bring them in at the yeah. same kind of ownership level because, you know, all of the risk and all of the work in getting off, off the ground ha would need to be accounted for in, in, in that way. But I think it, what we're talking about here is if you're all starting a business at the same time and there's some kind of unequal, you know, yeah. from the ground up and there's some kind of unequal split, then it can kind of be a bit weird if, if things start taking off, I'd say. But this, this key point really goes hand in hand with the, something which we, we kind of said right at the start and we hadn't really like kind of talked about it too much since, but we made an agreement like no outside projects. It was actually yeah. the other guy who was in partnership with us, like no outside projects. The one okay, thing that's left fine. Here, no? We didn't have anything else really going on anyway. But th that meant that whenever we st we start a new project, like when we first, when we had an agency and we started our authority sites business, it was just all under the same company, all the same umbrella, because it was like, well, you know, if we're going to start another project, of course it's going to be in here. So I, I think that, in combination with the equality of ownership has has really just like killed any uh, any potential like cause for concern slash flashpoint that that could erupt from some other project coming into the mix there yeah i think it's like something that shocks people a lot when i explain to them because it's like it happens often when we talk about personal investments etc people are like oh why don't you buy sites etc i'm like i'm not allowed personally to buy sites i'm literally not allowed to like have another project on the side. Like it's people are like, oh, why don't you invest and like buy a site on Empire Flippers and you know fix it? You could easily do that. I'm like, no, if you buy a site, it has to be on a company level. I'm literally like the our agreement is like I'm not allowed to work in anything authority sites if it's not on the company level. I can invest in the financial markets, I can buy a house, I can do all these other things that are like non-competing with the main business. But I'm and I'm not allowed at all to do that. And people are like, what? Like it's and they feel like it's a massive amount of freedom that's taken from them when when I explain to that to people that this is how we do things. And but I also explain to them that this is why we're still working together. Because, you know, I mean, there has been stories of like sites of ours not doing so well, etc. In these times, if you have side projects that are doing okay themselves, 
It's the perfect time to like start arguments, start not committing as much to the main business, look at the other stuff that's doing better, and then just let everything go to shit. And instead of like fixing it together, you just, yeah, it falls apart and you're back the way you are. And then your other side just tanks six months later, you know? And then, <laughs> and then you're, just, um, you're just messed up. So yeah, it is, it is, I think, the most constraining and ununderstood, ununderstood part, sorry, of the way we work together is that I, outside of the company we own together, I am not allowed to work in any other side. I'm not even like, you know, people want to pay me for consulting, for example. Like, I don't even do that. Like, it's like, at some point I did, and I put the money back in the company so that we would split it 50-50, you know? So that's the kind of constraints, I guess, that it takes to actually maintain, to be sure that you maintain the conditions where you will both be happy to commit 100% to that project you have together. So it's, it's the cost of that. I think on that as well, you know, the, the way you say it, like, oh, I'm not allowed to do that. Uh, it's you not, know, it's, it's, it's I like, don't allow myself, you know. <laughs> like. Yeah, so as a company, we obviously could buy a bunch of sites, flip them, you know, invest in them, grow them, you know, do all this kind of stuff. It's a good business model, a lot of people are doing it right now. It, we could do it, we have all the skills, all the capital, everything we need to do that. We just need the time. But there's the one kind of constraint, or the bottleneck we have is time. And I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this will be able to relate closely to this when I say that like time is the most precious thing, etc. So I think one thing which a lot of online marketers do is they, they kind of have their fingers in too many pies. So they're trying to do too many different things. It's very easy to say yes to a project. Once you have a set amount of skill, it's very easy to look at something and say, oh yeah, I can make money that, or I could turn this site around, or I could do that. And people are coming to you and say, hey, do you want to partner on this? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? It's, oh, and, yeah. and saying no to all of this is one of the most important skills I think you can have. So our partnership framework, if you want to call it that, kind of fortunately for us has inherently forced us to some extent to say no to a lot of opportunities. Now, we still have a lot of these kind of opportunities coming in to us as a business. In the past, we would probably have said yes to a lot more of them than we do now. For the last sort of two and a half I've years, most yes. of our <laughs> quarterly meetings have been about what can we stop doing? What can we say no to? What can we, how can we get more focused? How can we do less things? It doesn't mean we're not working as hard, but it's, it's just we're much more focused on, on doing one or a few things very, very well. So I, I think it's been our partnership structure has kind of forced us to an extent to do that a bit more than, than perhaps if we were just working individually and could kind of like say yes to whatever. Yeah, I think that's, that's what I took to the extreme when I take my stuff and I just ignore everything else. It's like internally yeah. I say no to everything <laughs> and I just like yeah. focus on one thing. Like, but like literally, like even like Paulina comes and talks to me. I'm like, no, can't talk, and just like yeah. ignore the whole day and just focus on that. So yeah, I think this has taught us focus. This has, you know, it's like constraints. I think there's a quote like that. I can't remember the quote, but like it's like constraints makes you more creative or something. Like so, like it's like artists that say that. Like when you have to create art on constraint, you actually create better art. And I think it's kind of the same here. It's like it forces you to do something better, and you. It's a principle that is inherently good for a healthy relationship and then it forces you to to work together. And then and if it doesn't work out, then you're free to like have a healthy discussion about that as well and just like you know do something else. But it's nice to, I think, when you start to try to work that way. Even if I know people are going to freak out when they hear that and they're gonna be like, what the hell? Like you essentially give up your freedom. And yeah, to some extent. Now let's talk about I think you had a point on accepting the other person's difference. And I think we kind of highlighted a lot of that already, but anything you wanted to say on that? Yeah, just that generally, as much as like someone else's quirks or way of working or mentality might irritate you, you have to remember that it's not really, it's not generally a good thing in a business partner if there's two of the same people. You don't want to clone yourself or someone with the exact same mindset, skill set, mentality, and approach as you have because you. And I say that, that kind of like looking to myself or anyone else, you, you're not perfect. Surprise, surprise. There are, there are other people who have different mindsets, different skill sets, which when combined with your own, like the sum of the two parts is greater than each one individually, if that makes sense. It's kind of like in the, the tech startup, you know, the Silicon Valley type one, you'll have the business guy and the coder and they'll work together and, and do this kind of thing. Yeah. Create this company together, which is great, but they will like, annoy the hell out of each other in the way the way they work. If you ever seen the TV show Silicon Valley, 
you'll know what I mean with the, with some of those extreme kind of personality types that you can have in, in that situation. I think these kind, of const- this kind of jobs, they prompt different personalities as well. Like developers tend to have, you know, a range of personalities, but like that's, you know, more introverted, more of that, et cetera. And like the business people tend to be more extro- extroverted, et cetera. So it will clash to some extent if you have different personalities. And if you have two similar personalities, it's likely you also have similar skill sets as well. So it's kind of a weird one. So you need to accept one or the other. And if you're if you're constantly running into these issues, it's not because the other person's just an asshole, although that that may be the case. But most likely it's not. Most likely it's just your communication structure or your you have communication issues basically. So you can't express yourself. You don't know if something's wrong and you don't know it, but you don't know how to say that to the other person or you the thought hasn't manifested itself in your brain or your communication avenues are not good enough or strong enough that each person can actually talk to the other person properly kind of thing. There's like a dynamic there as well. So if you are actually really good friends, which is often the case when people start business together, you know, they've known each other a long time. You and I didn't. We'd known each other. (laughs) Like two weeks or three weeks? Three months, two Uh, months. Like barely. Was it even that long? No, I mean, probably a month. Maybe a month or something. You know why? Yeah. Let let me tell you why. If you remember, I used to live in a hostel because I could not pay the deposit for my apartment in Kuala Lumpur. And we decided Mm -hmm. to start that business when I was still living in that hostel, which was within my first months of Kuala Lumpur, because then I got my first salary and I was able to get an apartment. Ah, so in that (laughs) case, you know, we we, we'd known each other less than a month and we decided to start a business together. So if we'd known each other 22 years at that point, I feel like the dynamic would have been very different because you're overlaying this kind of personal and business relationship and things can get a bit iffy. In those situations, yeah, I think it was good actually to like not know each other for too long because there's also that kind of like distance that you have at the beginning where you just meet someone new as well. Where you like, there's not one that oh, like it's just like there's not a lot of history that could like come back or whatever. Yeah, it, it worked perfectly in that case. So it was nice to not know each other for too long, but at the same time, you need to know people to some extent when you share an existing business. Which, but you will know them probably more in a personal, in a professional type of way. I mean, I guess some people do bring like. You know, their wives or something as well, etc. Which, but oh, yeah, let's talk about that. Would you do a business partnership with your wife? Hell no. <laughs> um, because a lot of people are so interested let me, in that. Let, like, let's... let me just clarify that in case she ever watches this. Um, <laughs> She's listening right now. <laughs> so, I'm talking about the business partnership like you and I have, yeah, where yeah. this is our full time job. We're both 100% all in and then some for a long, long time. I, I don't think I would want yeah, to do that. I can understand. With my wife who is at home all day, works at home, you know, we hang out a lot. We spend quite a lot of time together. And and I think adding this other dynamic to our relationship would I don't know. I I just feel like this is kind of like a separated time where where I can just like focus on on doing one thing and that other dynamic doesn't kind of come into it. God, this is really, like, really not going to sound great if she let me listen. <laughs> uh, but but um, I do feel like just because of the nature of what we do, starting a business, entrepreneurship, online marketing, that kind of thing, it wouldn't surprise me if at some point she starts some kind of business in, in a different area yeah, for sure. But where I have a certain skill set and knowledge and experience to contribute to that. Yeah, yeah, you help her basically. In that sense, like... 100% help her, like, you know. Basically, you would do it as a sightseeing, but not but, your main activity. Like, like, but the thing is, like, just to, to, to be clear, because we said we're not allowed to do sightseeing. It would just be like, a, you know, helping out. Like, I've also helped out my fiance just start a website. And it's like, I take no money from this. I don't get any personal gains or anything. It's just like being nice, you know, and just helping out. So I think in that case, yeah. But I think you touched on something that I actually had in my notes, which is managing space when you work together which I don't think a lot of people talk about. So there's kind of like two ways you're going to have a business partnership, right? So on one end, you're going to have a professionally built one where you essentially recruited someone in the interest of the business and you're going to just be in a room with them and it's going to be awkward because you don't know them and you're going to have to start making decisions together and it's going to go great or not so great or whatever, but it's just you're going to discover them as you do. On the other side is you will know, you will know someone that for a long time, let's say, and then you will start working with them. As I said, I mentioned your wife, but it could be like a friend, it could be anything. Well, you're going to have to discover another side of them as well, which is like the more 
professional side of things, like focusing on work, uh, having a goal, etc. Like, and you might discover things that you wish you never knew. <laughs> but the thing is, you will need to manage space in that sense. It's like, it's pretty weird. Like at some point when we started, actually, we lived together, we had the same friends and we had the same business as well. So we essentially spent 24 hours together, except when you were going in your room to sleep and I was going in my room to sleep. And eventually it became a little bit too much. I moved out actually also because I was making a mess in the kitchen, let's be honest. <laughs> but, but the thing is like, yeah, you kind of get to this point of overdose where it could actually affect the business. And I think obviously like people will not necessarily live together, et cetera, but there would be, you need to give space to the other person while being familiar enough so that you can have every discussion you need to have with them and not feel intimidated by that. So if you recruit someone on the business side, then you need to build that intimacy to the point where you can be like, we're fucking up right now, or this is fucking shit or whatever. And the person's not going to take it personally or whatever. And like you're able to have that discussion in the most brutally honest way possible and they will they will be okay with that and for that yes this is so god this is so so crucial because if you're listening to this right now and you're working in like a large organization large company you'll be dealing with corporate politics you'll think something you'll notice something you'll have an idea but then there'll be a filter which you have to apply yeah. so that you don't offend people piss people off break hr rules do all this this like ah corporate so you need to bullshit. break that you know when you're starting a business you gain a massive competitive advantage by not having to have that filter in place. Generally speaking, when I'm talking to Gail, whatever's coming out of my mouth is raw and unfiltered and vice versa. If something's shit, like you are not getting spared. Like you will get <laughs> fucking, you will know about it really damn quickly. And you have to be okay with that. But you will learn very quickly that even if it kind of like hurts a bit or hurts your ego a bit, it's good to put that aside because especially if you're kind of like working together, both have the same vision and you can just like get so much more done by being able to be like genuinely honest with someone. And yeah, God, I've totally forgot about that, like how that is in, in, in the real world. In the it's not world. just that, but you also don't want to go too much the other way. So you also don't want to be too much in other each other's feet. Like you want to give space to people. So like, you can express yourself. Like when you go and recruit people or build build a system or whatever, like I don't come and like, I'm not over your shoulder checking it out. Or something. I'm letting you come to me with it when it's ready, when you're ready to talk about it, et cetera, you know, provided a reasonable time frame or something and vice versa. Like if I'm working on something and I'm, if I'm gone for six months, you'll probably just start questioning things. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So it's like, that's the thing. It's like, if you're working with a friend, then you essentially need to, increase the distance with that person. And if you are working with someone that you're unfamiliar with, you need to reduce that distance. And you need to keep, there's basically a range of distance between the two people. Sometimes it's too close, sometimes it's too far. And, and the optimal range of working together is like somewhere in between, which you don't have a lot of relationships in your life that are in that range, right? You either have friends that yeah. you have that very close range with, and you have the people you work with where you're like too far away. So it's like, you need to find that range kind of in between. It takes time to find it. It takes time and it's not simple, but once you find it, then it's very, it's good because you don't feel oppressed, but at the same time you feel like you can have real open discussions. I think Mark is impressed. I'm, I should write a business book about this. <laughs> it's actually a, like Trumpeners, I think. It's like a sociologist talking about power distance. And I guess that uh, would relink to that. Okay. Another thing that I want to talk about in terms of business partnership that is really important is building a shared vision and understanding the long-term goals of the other person. Even if you have a business for like, partnership for like three years, four years, whatever, like your goal is to sell the website. Let's say you, you get in business together and you want to sell the website in three years. The problem is how much do you want to sell the website for? Maybe one of you wants to sell it for 10 million and the other one would be happy with 600K. And the problem is but the course of action of the company is going to vary massively depending on these two visions. Like one's going to have to like spend a lot more money upfront and grow traffic more aggressively and take more risks, et cetera, so that they can reach that super high valuation that they want to reach. While the other will probably be more conservative, try to put some money in the bank while running the website so that you get the money from the exit and you also get the money that you collect throughout the website's life, et cetera. 
And if you're going to be working together long term, it's not just the vision of the business, but where do you want to go personally? Where are you going to be at a point where you're happy with your situation? Do you want to go all in and spend all your free time working on that business? Or do you want a balanced life and be able to do other things, etc.? Because if one of you is like working like, you know, 12 hours a day, nonstop, like not trying, and the other one's like, you know what, I want you know, work-life balance. I want to work like five hours a day uh, and then I want to go to the gym and I want to uh, learn how to do pottery because I'm, I really wanted to do that, etc. I like, I'm, I'm going to sort of change the tangent of that a bit because it, it's something we experienced five, ten years ago with a lot of people, or you, you know, even still these days, a lot of people with online businesses, they want to like make a, a decent living so they're making you know, a solid four figures, mid four figures or more a month. And then they just want to travel, party, yeah. chase girls, like kind of live the rock star lifestyle. There's around this the three world. to $7,000 a month kind of range where people just like kind of yeah. like stop, stop working and just like have fun. And then there's people that go beyond and like go way beyond. And like, I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not criticizing. There was a point in my life when that was my objective, that was my goal, that was my dream. Obviously, not anymore. But I think that you just have to be on the same page as the, the other people you're working with. And that extends not just with your business partner, but also your, your team. So if, they, if that is your goal to live and travel and party, then cool. And you need to make sure that other people are on board with that. But if you're like trying to say, oh, I'm super committed, let's grow this company to eight figures and all this kind of thing, and you're still living that lifestyle, yeah. then there's a kind of disconnect between your intention and reality and it creates kind of tension. We haven't really discussed too often like what our vision or lifestyle or goals and these kinds of things are. It comes up every now and then. So like I'm not really sure like how we how shared ours is. I mean it, it seems to be relatively shared, but it's not intentionally like, you shared. Know, you know why it sense? works? Because we treat this like a video game. And it's like, you know what? I'm logging every day. I'm just playing a video game. And, uh, and that, that reminds me of like when I was playing MMORPGs when I was a teenager and so on. That's exactly what I'm seeing right now. It's like, I'm just happy playing the game right now and um, trying to, to get a higher score and higher score because otherwise there's no incentive to play the game, right? So I think for us, that's kind of what we agreed. And now, in terms of like how much money we want to make, etc., I think we're both like, even if you had like a sh you know millions of dollars, like you would upgrade your life. But like it's like I think we're both okay with the life we have now. I don't feel like I'm a failure after passing thirty or something. So it's like financial goals are important. We definitely want to make money, but there's no like lifestyle chasing anymore on our end. I think there's also kind of the the way you get there. So yes, yes, we definitely want to want to have pretty sizable kind of wealth, net worth levels, you know, financial freedom, these kind of things longer term are definitely up there. But we're not willing to sacrifice Ethics. ourselves, yeah. like just work 90 hours a week, every week, no vacation, no rest every day of the weekends, never talk to the family, have sh shitty habits and lifestyles, not take time to go to the gym, not do any yeah. of that. Or even in the like time space, like in the kind of integrity, yeah. how we sell our products, which kind of products we're promoting on our, our sites. Like, are they helping people or hurting people? And are they a bit scammy? And like, we tend to Not really that, yeah. steer, steer far away from the... You can make so much money. Like, the, uh, can you imagine if we like started spamming our list with like JVZoo and stuff? We won't do that. Don't, don't subscribe. Yeah. We, don't, we won't do that. But like, it's like, it would be easy to make a lot of money. And uh, even on other sites, like, holy shit, we could have made a lot of money on like diet stuff and other other yeah. niches. I think part of it, so there's there's generally a long-term vision there. So by being honest and having high levels of integrity, we earn a lot of trust and long-term that starts to pay back and you know builds your brand, all this kind of stuff. So it's not just like, oh yeah, we're giving all this up to be honest and pure. Uh, there is kind of still a different incentive. It's just a longer term um, incentive. And I think just as people, we're both quite sort of straight up, I would say. Like we don't tend to embellish too many no. things when we tell stories or when we talk about things. And it really like grinds my gears when people uh, kind of 
lie and say like t- or telling a story about some situation and you know the friend I'm talking about who who always used to do this Tell them. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. uh so that is just something which we don't want to do I tell the story a lot but I feel like I would have gotten into online marketing years earlier had all the people in the mid 2000s who were selling courses and memberships and all this stuff about how to do it not had super sleazy sales pages with like pictures of cash and ferraris and all this stuff which was like the standard you know it still works like i mean a lot like ty lopez right 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 and he wasn't the first person to do it there's loads and loads of people who have this approach and i don't like it I uh, just yeah. it, it, you, you want to be able to instantly sit, makes me distrust it. You want to be able to sit at the Sunday family dinner and explain to your dad what you're doing and not feel ashamed or like not have your uncle call yeah. you a scammer when you're passing the potatoes, you know? Yeah, and it's not just from a oh, wouldn't that be nice kind of thing. A friend of mine who was in a business partnership, he had like I mean, he had his own issues, but he had like a proper mental breakdown after a while, like serious shit from I believe they were doing a lot of kind of like scammy stuff and and, and whatnot. I don't know any of the specifics, but that was just became too much for him. So I'm not saying that's going to happen to everyone in every situation, but there's certainly, I, I sleep quite easy at night is what yeah. I'm saying. Like I'm not too worried about anything uh, uh, super bad happening or like, you know, I don't feel bad about any of the products we recommend or, or anything like that. So Okay, yeah. let's close this one. And I want to talk about managing employees and having a team together as well. Okay. Because that's another important one and I think it's easy to make mistakes there. It's very confusing for someone to have two bosses uh, or three or four or something. And so... Two captains, one ship is never a good idea. Yeah. And especially when you're a small company, let's say you have like a partnership with two people and then there's two other staff or something, then it's quite convenient for like I mean people everyone will talk to everyone basically and then uh, one person will go to like one of the founders will go to that employee and say please do this and the other will say no please do this it's important and you will just fight through that employee or something and all the employee will be very confused and overall much more unhappy about their jobs uh, and this is the kind of like stories that they tell also on the Sunday dinner like how they have two bosses and they're both idiots and <laughs> And so I think when you, you have a partnership, it's important to essentially split the team, like split the responsibility of the team, right? So it's like people in our team, I talk to everyone as well, and you talk to everyone, but like I know when you're their boss and I'm, and it's like they know it as well. And then if I'm trying to work with them or talk to them, et cetera, they still know that they're, if I ask them something, they'll either ask you to like make sure that it works in the schedule or uh, vice versa, like if you need something from someone that works under me, then they will come and ask me and then we'll just make sure that it all fits in, etc. But there's a very clear definition of like who is under who, you know, a clear structure. That is that is true, but I just want to make it clear. We're, we don't have an organization where if I want to get someone who's reports into Gale to do something, I don't go to Gale and say, hey, can I ask them to do this for every little thing? If it's a big project that's going to take a lot of time, like, yeah, of course. You need some fluidity in there, yeah. You need some kind of like freedom to just, oh, hey, can you share this link or send this to me or, or something like that? If it's, if it's a quick job, then yeah. So that's kind of like how, how it is at the moment, I think. I mean, maybe our employees who are, are editing Maybe they should do a podcast. Can, maybe one day we put our can, employees can... on the podcast. <laughs> just talk about us. Oh, God. I, I'm, I'm afraid what would, what would come up there that, are actually. on our slack there are emojis with our faces actually so like whenever yeah. like uh, I say something that's typical to me or Mark says something that's typical to him they just put the emoji of like Mark's face or my face or something like this so I can't imagine what the podcast would look like in the past when we were much worse than we, we are and we still definitely have a lot to learn but we're much much worse than we are people management and organization structure and all that kind of stuff it was like it got a bit messy at times when there was, wasn't really too clear of a, a definition of who works for who and what the structure was. And we played around with various different kinds of models and, and try, tried a bunch of stuff. And as much as you try, as much as we try and define it, and as much as we say it's all organized and stuff now, there is an element of you just have to kind of like be the employees are working for you. I just have to kind of like be a little bit okay with it. If it gets too bad, then obviously it's an issue and you need to fix that or they need to say something but they still have to be okay with kind of being pulled at both ends 
just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's you end up with like too rigid of an organization, and you can't end up doing doing anything. So fair enough. We're kind of going through our notes right now, but like um, I wanted to ask you: if I die tomorrow, uh, <laughs> would you keep running the business alone, or would you look to would you do a business partnership again? Uh, I don't think I would do another business partnership. No, because. You're irre- irreplaceable. Oh. <laughs> no, because I think it's a different dynamic when you start something together uh-huh. versus you've been. I've been running something in this hypothetical situation for ten years, and then someone else who's been running another business or working somewhere else or doing something else comes in and and, and does it. So I, I probably wouldn't do it, but I, I honestly don't know. I don't have a, a plan B for for that. So situation, would you say so that if I don't know if people already have a business, you don't recommend they get a, a business partner? Um, if you wouldn't do it yourself. It depends where your business is at, really. Uh-huh. It depends, are you in that startup phase? Because a lot of businesses are still trying to figure out how to, what their business model is, how they should be making money, how, how they should be operating. Even some businesses have like started scaling. They've started scaling on a, like all the shit stuff or like imperf- all the imperfections, and it's still a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. Our business is still in many areas quite a bit of a mess, but it's in the last... Two three years, we certainly figured out a lot more shit compared to uh, mm-hmm. to four or five years ago. So I wouldn't. It's a case by case basis, really. You you can't say there's there's definitely a time to do it and there's definitely a time not to do it. All I know is that the vast vast majority of people who go into business partnerships end up exiting those partnerships at one point or another. Uh, there are, I mean, I can count on one hand the number of successful partnerships that go go on beyond like three, four years that I know in this space. So if we sell all our business tomorrow and the day after I die, then what do you do? means you have no business anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it depends on the terms of the NDA that we'd have to sign when we sold it. Yeah, fine. Uh, really. So, but that would, I presume, be structured with an idea of what, what to do next. So, don't know really. Okay. Yeah, but it's an interesting point actually because I just, just had this like panic go through my my mind it's like if one of us dies like there's so much like gets hit oh. by a bus or there's so many like how the fuck are you going to like log into all these yep. accounting tools and you know what i mean yep. like yeah that would be uh, <laughs> maybe we should take that'd care be of difficult. that okay well uh, that is a bit of a weird way to end that is it any question you want to ask me about business partnerships cuz i'm trying to like quiz you on these but uh, because it's like it's like we're really exposed to that, and I think we've done more than most people. So I think it's quite interesting to go beyond like a list of tips, but rather talk yeah. About I, like I have a question: Have you ever met someone in the last ten years that you thought this person I could go into business with them? Uh, yes, one. Who and why? Brendan Benishad from Top Tower. I can see that. Um, I think it would work really well, but it's similar personality to you, actually. Very system oriented, etc. Very smart guy, very calm, like patient. So yeah, I think that would probably be the one guy that I could have work with. Obviously, don't think it's ever going to happen. But if you want a green partnership with him, highly recommend it. Yeah, I think I don't think I have met someone who I'd be like, yeah, I would. I would go in a business partnership with them. That's a slightly different answer than if the question was, if it were ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. Who of the people you now know would have made a good business partner? Then lots of people, I think. But now, ten years on, I think it's it's hard when you kind of like work a certain way. I think it's. I don't know if anyone's ever done this, but like in a in a partnership with someone for ten years, and then like go and work yeah, with a different weird. business partner for the next ten years or something, it would just be there'd be such a like comparison dynamic going on. I, I think, think it's I think more than that. Weird. I think like we grew our skills together and they grew in a weird way. Yeah. Like in a way <laughs> in a way that it's like it works <laughs> together because we kind of like grew yeah. like we compensated for each other. But if the other was not here, like I'm still missing an absolute ton of like accounting stuff and like uh, all the like more businessy stuff. You just take care of all of that. So I have like I, I can log on zero and I get the idea of how you upload your uh, expenses, but that's about it. And read, um, I can read a balance sheet. I went to business school, so like I can do that. This is a, such an interesting dynamic with us, though, because I talked to earlier about the Silicon Valley. You have the business guy yep. and the tech guy. Like when people ask, "Oh, what's your role, Gail? Or what's or, like, how do you guys work together? What do you do?" For I'm example. like, it's not a line like that. The line is like a massive zigzag, and like there are certain areas that I was just like, okay, that's obviously Gail's going to do that. 
And obviously Mark will do that. But there's so many things that kind of like, there's, there's this gray overlap yeah. area in the middle. But that's because we essentially like, uh, you know what I'm thinking about when I think of, it's, you know, it's a terrible analogy. I'm not going to do it. No, I was thinking like, you know, like, it's kind of like a plant that relies on these on these things when it grows, but then you take you take this thing off, it just falls flat. You know, like it's like it, like the tomatoes, for example. When you grow tomatoes, they need to be. <laughs> what? <laughs> you, my grandparents were growing tomatoes in their garden. Okay, so <laughs> when you grow tomatoes, okay. you actually stick them, you you tie them to a stick so that they. Can, oh yeah, the support yeah, strand. Exactly, yeah. and so like essentially, that's what each of us sees. It's like we're basically the support for the other. And the tomato at the same time next to it, and so if you take the support off, it just just completely falls flat, basically. And that's why I think it would be hard, actually. And I think <laughs> it's something to consider in the long term of business partnerships is that actually you kind of like adapt to the other person to the point where it would be quite hard to work with other people. And so mm-hmm. if we both decided to like stop working together tomorrow, it would be more difficult for us to do some like to essentially compensate for all the stuff that we the skills we didn't develop by letting the other one taking care of it and it would take a while before we're actually like competitive again you know um so yeah i i think as well just that learning all those skills together and growing uh, going through that kind of skill up learn up grow up experience it's so unique the set of skills we developed and the set of skills we kind of individually specialize in that it's very difficult to find someone else with like yeah, who knows all of those little bits and pieces. Like I wouldn't even know how to start with that. So okay, so let's close this podcast with one thing, one okay. thing, one thing. Go ahead. Um, before we close, so uh, we talked a little bit earlier about sharing everything fifty fifty and like having split equity and really kind of making sure your long term there's no misalignment of incentives and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's one. That is absolutely true, but I've put another point in here, where, which is accept that not every part is 50-50. Oh, yeah. So there's this dynamic. You kind of have to be generally okay with the 50-50, but then realize that it's not 50-50 for everything, every second, every day, in every situation. And you just have to kind of like trust that the other person's pushing towards the same goal overall long term as you are and things just work out more or less equally in in the long run. I think it was maybe two months into our business, three months in, this was when there was was three of us who had another business partner as well. And you, I think you dropped your laptop or uh, the, yeah, like ran into the cord and pulled off the table and broke the laptop. And I was like, oh shit, that's another $1,500 Gail has spent on a laptop. It's not exactly and what happened. It's like I had a shitty PC at the time. And then we went out and yeah. I we were writing, I was writing a report that we were paid $2,000 for by a client. And uh, and I was supposed to like send it back, you know, 48 hours later or something. Like I had to work on it basically. And uh, the only, it was like Sunday night or something. The only thing open was like the Apple store. And it's like I just went and bought not an expensive MacBook, but like a base 13-inch MacBook, like the cheapest MacBook Pro. But I still went to buy a MacBook Pro mm-hmm. to replace a pretty shitty PC, to be honest. And so I think that created some tensions with the other business partner. Yeah, so when that came through, my reaction was like, okay. And his reaction, well, that's not fair. Like, we should get one too, or I'm just going to, what if I just drop my laptop and get a, a new laptop and stuff? And I, like I understand why someone would would think that, especially because Gail was like super clumsy and like you know broke a lot of shit, dropped a lot of stuff. That's kind of who you're not quite as bad anymore. But I didn't break I, anything I, certain... for ages. Like, <laughs> look at the, all the equipment I have at home. Nothing's broken, you know. Like that flamingo is gonna as be I here said, for ten years, you know. You've gotten you've gotten a lot better. <laughs> So th- this kind of dynamic where one person benefits financially or in items or time or whatever, it happens all the time. I'm not saying because Gail breaks stuff all the time, but there'll be something else that, that comes along that, oh, you know, I need this or I need to go meet this client here or talk to this person here and spend this time doing this or whatever. And you just kind of got to be okay with a little bit of imbalance there and not kind of yeah, not count every penny sense, pinch yeah. everything, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which is hard to do in, when you're starting up. Uh, and, and, you know, you are 
living off of not so much money and you're all kind of like trying to make it make a go at it. But certainly as as it goes back to the distance I was talking it. about, you need to be close enough so that this is okay. But like also like not too close that like people start spending money without giving a shit or something. But, ah, it's fine. You know what? It's Mark. He doesn't give a shit. I just spend all that money. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, so again, it's kind of like that mid distance that like most relationships are not in, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I agree with that. Let's close this with each giving our best advice to someone that wants to start a partnership. Like they're working alone. Either they have a site. I think a lot of people with like smaller sites are looking for partners as well. Like people who are like, they're able to run a stage on site, but they're not really able to like take it to the next level. They struggle building a team. They lack all these things. And they're like, well, if I partnered with someone and I focus on the SEO or something, then that could work pretty well. So what would be your best advice to someone that's listening, that's looking to get into a partnership? Should they do it? Should they not do it? What should, we, should they be looking for? Yeah, so make sure that your incentives are very closely aligned so that you're both going to be putting in your absolute all to the business. Make sure if possible that you're both all in on it. So cut any side projects, any other jobs, any distractions, just really both go all into that if at all possible. That, that sets you up for success massively. I also think that it's really important that you like the other person and you can kind of hang out with them. They don't irritate you. They don't annoy you in a sort of social situation. There will 100% be things that they do in work which annoys you the, the way that, the way they're working. But it's like what I said earlier about uh, being accepting of your differences and understanding that you can always learn from learn from that. And there's usually some big benefits to having different perspectives, different experiences, and different ways of working in that. Final thing I would say, uh, I don't have direct experience. I guess kind of do, you and I do have a little bit of experience with this, but if it ever goes to shit then the best solution is an amicable solution. If you guys have some massive business bust up and break up, it's almost always a lose-lose situation. A few of my friends over, over the last 10 years have, have come to me in these situations and, and asked for the advice. And that is the one thing I, I, I would always say, like try and be as amicable to the other person as possible. It's kind of like a divorce. You know, you can you can either be friendly and, and kind of sort it out fairly, or you can spend a shitload of money on lawyers and oh, both lose out overall. So Yeah. I'm glad I asked you one thing. And and that we got like a dozen. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can I can answer that again if you want. No, it's fine. Yeah, I think people don't pay attention enough to personality. I think it's quite important. And again, I mentioned it earlier, but it's self-management. If you are working with someone you don't like, you won't work as hard. As a result, you will not do as well. The business would not do as well. They would not be as motivated and like stuff's going to go to shit. So personality is quite important. I would say also like just spend time with people before you agree to go on a business partnership. Maybe do some kind of like workation together. I think something like that, like going to the same location for like 10 days and having a mix of activities so that you can close that distance, but at the same time, like, you know, like go, I don't know, windsurfing or something. And then uh, you can also uh, have some kind of like business meeting in the afternoon or something, and maybe talk about things that you could do around the business or like show each other what you've done in other in on your work, et cetera, just to get to know each other on a professional level as well. And essentially build that relationship where both of these things live together. I think it's probably a good idea and it's probably worth your time and it might be fun actually. You might like even if there's people that you don't end up working with, it will still build like really strong relationships with people that are in your industry and you might benefit from that even if you don't end up doing a business partnership. Except it's not necessarily gonna work every time. Don't say yes if there's an opportunity right away as well. Say no to 90 of them and yes to one of them or something. So being being face to face very important. I think in the in the early stages to close that distance and to get yourself to that point where you can speak unfiltered to to someone. I think it's it's definitely a risk if you have physical distance. You know you're in different time zones. You're only chatting on Slack or whatever. So yeah, try and maximize the kind of in person communication, even if that means you have to to travel. Yeah, Mark and um, I meet like four to six times a year regularly. actually, even if. Uh... Even if he lives in Scotland, actually. Yeah, and, and we we put it as a so we do our like SWOT analysis once a quarter or quarterly meetings, and it's it hasn't come up recently, but last year it was kind of like oh it's a risk we're living in different countries yeah, this yeah. could affect communication and all this kind of stuff. So how do you mitigate that risk? Oh well, we have this quarterly meeting face to face in person somewhere, 
in Budapest in the UK or somewhere in the middle. And again, so. we've played a fuck ton of online games when we were young, which means we were collaborating with people remotely through the internet. So actually, we've been brought up that way as well, so that kind of helps. Okay, I'm going to close it up here because I have a dinner right now, actually. So if you enjoyed this episode, uh, and if you're on YouTube, give us a thumb up, subscribe. There's a subscription button below. And you can drop a comment as well. Helps us with the rankings on YouTube, basically. And we'll answer it. If you guys answer, uh, put a comment in there, we'll, we'll get back to Mark you. Mark As long it. as it's not hateful comments. Mark will answer it because we have a few that start pending, so you can go through them. And we're also obviously on the audio podcast platform. So if you're on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and SoundCloud, you can find us there. And any other aggregator, really, or any other podcast app, you can find us there. Just search for Tori Hacker, and you will find us there. Uh, thank you for listening. We will come back next week with another episode. See you later. Uh, have a good week. Bye.